Welcome to Stony Brook. My name is Pastor David Hoffman, and on behalf of our preacher for the day, Pastor Jennifer Casey, and our Pastor Emeritus, Pastor Bob Thomas, whose days are winding down in Florida. Um, <laughs> Pastor Bob spent uh, the month of February away. We are anxious for his uh, return, and, and certainly I'm sure he will come back rested. As we begin our time together uh, this morning, you'll find your connection card in your bulletin or online at stonybrook.church, and we ask that you register your attendance with us, and it's also a place for you to share any prayer concerns that you have uh, with your pastoral staff and the rest of the congregation, and you'll find ways to give financially and also register for upcoming events um, on the back of that connection card, so we invite that to your attention. Several announcements as we gather this day. First, um, you're invited to be a part of our Lenten study. Uh, we're going to be studying the Sermon on the Mount, and there'll be a variety of times and places that it's offered on Wednesday, both in person and online. Um, your entire uh, pastoral staff will be uh, teaching those classes. We're going to be using Amy Jill Levine's book uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, It'll be a great study. We'll begin on Wednesday, March the 9th. So you're invited to sign up on the back of the connection card or through your weekly email announcements or at stonybrook.church growth. Uh, books are available uh, for purchase in the church office. In addition to the studies, we'll be also offering a Wednesday night um, dinner from 5.30 to 6.30. COVID safe practices will be, um, will be uh, observed, uh, but it'll be a light supper and a time for fellowship as, as we join together in our Lenten journey. Lent begins this Wednesday, uh, March 2nd, for, with our Ash Wednesday service here in the sanctuary. You're invited to be a part of that at 7 o'clock. That will also be streamed online, so um, you're invited uh, to join us either online or in person. Uh, we will be offering the imposition of ashes and also the celebration of Holy Communion as we prepare ourselves for our Lenten journey. New member classes are also going to be offered soon. A two-day class will be offered on Saturday, March 12th, and Saturday, March 19th from 10 until 12. You're invited to be a part of those uh, new member classes, and we'll have the opportunity uh, to join um, the church on Sunday, April the 3rd. So I invite that to your attention. You can sign up on the connection card or by contacting the church office or by contacting Jennifer Casey for more information. The flowers that you'll find um, in the Narthex area are in celebration of the life of Garrett Sayer, a student from our preschool. Um, his services were held this past uh, Friday, and I invite you uh, to continue to keep the family in your thoughts and prayers. If you know someone who would enjoy um, a flower arrangement, a, a sign of spring and, and goodness, you're invited to take a flower arrangement um, with you and, and drop that off to someone who would appreciate that. Also, um, had a weird experience this morning when I arrived at church. Um, there was a whole case of toilet paper um, that had been dropped off at the, at the door, and um, it, it said that, um, that the person always, uh, you know, dreamt of toilet papering the church. Um, so I am assuming, unless I hear differently, because it was here so early and before the 8 o'clock service that it was really s supposed to be added to the 8 o'clock uh, worship totals. Um, so unless I hear differently, 
I think that's the direction that we will take. So thank you for your generous contributions to our, our toilet paper challenge for the month of, of February to benefit both Grin and uh, NEMAP. Uh, if you've not yet dropped off your toilet paper, I think there's still a couple days that you can sneak it in at the beginning of the week. Um, so um, I think, I, I haven't checked with Emily, but I, I would guess that the 9.30 service is probably just a little behind. So, um, so we'll see. <laughs> you can find this and all, all the information about the ministry and mission opportunities through Stony Brook um, in your bulletin or online or through your weekly email. Friends, this truly is the day that God has given to us. I invite us now to be in worship together.
I invite you to stand in body or spirit as we join together in this morning's call to worship on this Transfiguration Sunday. From seashore to mountaintop, from lonely place to hillside, from touching lepers to touching glory, this has been the reign of God. From baptism's waters to mountaintop glory, from calling disciples to the healing of many, from synagogue exorcism to transfiguration, we have moved in the glory of God. The revealing, the unfolding, the manifesting, the unveiling, the unmasking of Jesus from the Jordan to the present, from the beginning to here, from Galilee to this place, let us gather in the transfigured light of God. You may be seated. Friends, as we continue to pray for those caught in the middle of violence and destruction in Ukraine and those around us who are suffering tragedy and loss this day, I offer you this prayer, um, this prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, Make us instruments of your peace. 
Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, let us bring pardon. Where there is doubt, let us teach faith. Where there is despair this day, let us be hope. Where there is darkness, let us shine your light. And where there is sadness this day, let us bring your comfort and your joy. O holy God, in the living of our days, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled ourselves as to console others. Grant that we may not so much seek to be understood ourselves, but to take the time and the energy necessary to listen and to understand others. Even, O God, grant that we may not so much seek to be loved as to love others. For you teach us, and you show us again and again by your example, that it is in giving that we receive, that it is in forgiving another that we are forgiven, and that it is in our dying that each one of us are born to eternal life. Oh God, this day, in our lives, in this community, in our world, make us your instruments of peace. Help us, give us courage, give us strength for the living of our days. And now, O oh God, listen as we are bold to join our hearts and our voices together, practicing the unity that you would have by praying together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
these words from the gospel according to Luke chapter 9 verses 28 through 36. Now about eight days after these sayings Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on a mountain to pray and while he was praying the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told, told no one any of the things they had seen. This is the word of God for all of God's children. Thanks be to God. Let us respond to the reading of this word through song.
you join me in a spirit of prayer? Oh God, for the gift of this ancient and holy word that has been preserved for us, we give you thanks. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our spirits to hearing the message you would have for us today. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. I only lived in one house all of my growing up years. In fact, my parents stayed there until I was in my late 20s. That house on Paradale Road North has always been home for me. It was safe, and it was comfortable and warm, and I liked being there. To this day, when I have dreams about being home, it's always set in that childhood home of mine no matter what age I am in the dream. I used to wonder about people who had to move around a lot. How did they feel comfortable, settled, at peace? Stability has always been important to me, and I always assumed that my adult experience would be like my childhood. I would work hard to feel settled someplace and plant deep roots in a community and stay. <laughs> yes, God showed up. And I was called into this strange world of itineracy, moving around from home to home, Ironic that God would call a homebody like me, someone who appreciates stability and predictability, to live without a permanent home. Ironic, perhaps, but not really all that surprising. After all, the scriptures are full of stories of God asking people to press far outside of their bounds of comfort. And the disciples were no exception. I can't fathom how far they were pressed outside of their safe and comfortable places, becoming itinerant alongside of Jesus for three years, walking, talking, eating, sleeping, learning, laughing, crying, arguing with one another, moving from place to place, experiencing something that must have been hard to put into words. What was it like to be itinerant alongside of Jesus? Was it good to be there? Or were the range of experiences so intense, so profound, so emotionally charged, so mind-blowing that it was hard to absorb what was happening? The healing miracles, the crowds, the teachings, the parents coming to Jesus and begging him to heal their children, the conflicts with those in power, the intimate, quiet moments with Jesus and with each other. Was it overwhelming? How did they navigate it all? It was a wild ride. Jesus had been increasingly talking about his betrayal and death to the disciples and the disciples seemed to have a hard time hearing it. Have you had this experience, trying to tell people things and they just can't seem to hear it? 
They just don't seem to understand. Perhaps God has tried to get you, and you haven't been able to grasp God's message. Or what about when God calls the church to move in a new direction, but the church is so preoccupied with what has always been that she can't hear God's voice? Sometimes being unable to hear is simply a response to receiving difficult news. It's a natural reaction to unexpected or traumatic information. It's a way that God designed us to protect us from becoming completely overwhelmed. And sometimes we simply aren't ready to hear because it takes time and we may need some more growth and development Our bodies spend a lifetime growing and changing. It makes sense that we would spend a lifetime growing in our understanding of God, just like the disciples. It's not uncommon for people to judge the disciples' actions and behaviors. The thing is, though, we have the benefit of the fullness of the scriptural story. They were living it. We get to see the story from start to finish. They were growing as they were living. It's easy for us to judge their doubt, their misunderstanding, and their ignorance. And you know what? It makes me thankful that my story isn't written down for others to pick apart and analyze and examine all of the ways that I've missed the mark. These chosen men... The disciples were in the presence of the divine, and they didn't always know it. I'd say we probably aren't that far off from them, even with the benefit of having the scriptural story. About eight days after Jesus had talked about what it takes to be a disciple, and Peter had verbalized that Jesus was the Messiah, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the top of a mountain to pray. I'm wondering why just those three? Why not all 12 of them? Was it because those three were ready? Were they the ones who would be able to handle what was going to happen on the top of the mountain? And I also wonder about the other disciples. Were they jealous that Jesus had chosen Peter, James, and John and not them? Or were they more mature than perhaps I would have been if I were there? So the four of them make their way to the top of the mountain and Jesus begins to pray. It was while in prayer that his appearance changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Was he so connected to God in that moment of prayer that the disciples could only see his divinity? Or was it that Jesus thought these men were finally ready to see who he really was and revealed himself in all of his glory to them? Or... Could it have been that Jesus had always been in that state, but they just couldn't see it because they hadn't been ready 
And it was in this moment, after listening to so much of his teaching, witnessing his miracles, traveling with him, observing him, and loving him, that Peter, James, and John could finally see it for themselves. Away from the hustle, away from the bustle, in a state of sleepiness and fatigue, their defenses down, sitting with Jesus as he prayed, raw, vulnerable, ready. There's something about being in a state of vulnerability that opens us up. It's good for us to be here, to sit with the disciples, to learn from their experience, to appreciate what they could appreciate to see Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, connecting the past, the present, and what had been told was still yet to come. All right there, on top of that mountain, heaven and earth meeting in a beautiful, shining moment. And Peter didn't want to leave. I bet it felt like home, safe, comfortable, a place to be vulnerable, like love. And he suggested creating something tangible that would mark that place and keep them there. It is good to be here, to stay where it feels like love, to be comfortable, to bask in the glow of glory but it's not what we get to do. We don't get to stay in one place. We don't get to build shrines and dwellings and buildings simply for us to hide within. We get to be the church. We get to listen to Jesus, follow his teachings, and move when he says to move. We get to pray the way he taught the disciples to pray, care for the sick, heal the wounded, feed the hungry, visit the imprisoned, challenge injustices. Sit with the mourning, offer forgiveness, repent of our sins. Be uncomfortable, have our assumptions challenged, and see Christ in the unexpected faces of others and we get to come down from the mountain. As much as we, like Peter, may want to stay where it is safe, warm, and comfortable, God calls us to do the work of building God's kingdom here on earth. The work of building God's kingdom is not for the faint of heart. It is for those who are willing to do hard things, to make sacrifices, and to be vulnerable. It's for those who will take the risk and listen to Jesus. It's been an uncomfortable week for lots of reasons. Reasons that were personal for some of us. Reasons related to the pandemic. Reasons related to global circumstances. One reason has been waiting wondering, fearful about what would happen between Russia and Ukraine. Talking with someone on Thursday, I asked them, how are you? 
Their response, well, my children woke up to their first war this morning. If history is any indicator, it likely won't be the last one they witnessed during their lifetime. It's unsettling to say the least. As Christians, we are called to live lives of peace, lives which embody Jesus' commandment to love God and to love others. When Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, he wasn't just referring to feeling less anxious. The peace Jesus offers and the peace we are to carry on is a peace with justice, a peace without violence, a peace which requires action. It is a peace that looks at all human beings as being made in God's very own image and sees them as holy and beautiful. No exceptions. Over the past couple of days, I've seen many posts on social media about praying for Ukraine. Many humanitarian efforts are being implemented to help the Ukrainian people. The General Board of Global Ministries of the United Methodist Church has even published a statement saying this, the General Board of Global Ministries is deeply troubled by the conflict between Russia and Ukraine and the ominous implications it has for escalating tensions between Russia and Western nations. We join many Christian leaders and organizations worldwide in deploring the Russian invasion of Ukraine on February 24th. And we ardently pray for a redirection of military action toward diplomatic measures to resolve grievances. And it ends with, United Methodists are people of peace. We are people of peace. We are people of peace because it is who God is. We are people of peace who pray not just for the Ukrainian people, but also for the Russian people. We pray that the world will not condemn all Russian people because of what the powerful have chosen to do. We pray that we can see all as creations of God, and we pray that our actions, our behaviors, our attitudes reflect God's nature in this world, one of peace, one of hope, one of love, one of dazzling light. To borrow from St. Francis of Assisi, Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Use us, call us, help us see how we are all interconnected. Grant us a growing understanding of what it means to offer your peace and work for your justice. For it is good to be here. Peace begins here with us, in our own hearts, in our own homes. 
Peace is not conflict avoidance. Rather, it is working through conflict with kindness, gentleness, respect, and love. Peace means listening to one another. Peace seeks understanding rather than needing to be right. Peace means working for justice with everyone's best interest in mind. Peace is not always easy. It goes against the desire for retaliation. Peace is a choice. The good news? Peace is possible. It is possible because it was a gift left to us by Jesus a gift to be used wisely and widely in his name to show our world, our community, our church, our families, our hearts, that this is where we find Jesus, that Jesus is our home, no matter where we are. It is in the shelter of Jesus that we are safe, and comfortable, and warm, and loved. It is in this place where peace lives. May God open each of our hearts to receive this gift today. And may we freely, and joyfully, and gratefully share it with others. May it be so for each and every one of us. Amen. In the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus reminds his disciples that God's Spirit will be with them and remind them of all that Jesus taught them. And Jesus said these words, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. God's Spirit goes with us as we seek to be those advocates of peace in this world. Friends, it is now our opportunity to give back to God a portion of what God has entrusted to our care. Here at Stony Brook, you can give in a number of ways. You can place your offering in the baskets located um, in the sanctuary before or after worship. You can give online at stonybrook.church give, or you can mail your offering into the church office. I invite us now as an act of worship that we stand and give thanks for all that God has given to us as we sing our doxology together. All things come from you, O God, and with gratitude we return to you what is yours. 
And God, equip us as we come down from the mountain to be your advocates of peace and justice in this world, to tell others of your love, others of your grace, others of your kingdom, your kingdom that comes on earth as it is in heaven. Bless these gifts and bless us, we ask, in our work that we have to do. Through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. has shown us his glory. And now it is time for us to come down from the mountain and go out into the world building God's kingdom here on earth. Take the peace that Jesus has given to you and spread it to all those you come in contact with this week. Go in peace, my friends. Amen.